sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. This is our last week in our series on prayer called Let's Pray. Today we're going to look at how James teaches us to pray with power. We're in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. For three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. When he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I don't know about you, but uh, when I hear... When I hear James say that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, then I look at the sorry state of my prayer life most of the time, and look at the sorry state of the world most of the time, my first response is that, well, maybe I'm just not righteous enough. And I probably never will be. Maybe none of us are righteous enough. Because a lot of times it doesn't feel like my prayers are powerful and effective. Sometimes it seems like when stuff's going bad and people say, oh, I'll pray for you. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like that's something that's full of power. It kind of seems like it's weak and anemic. So why is it like that? Why does it feel like prayer so often is not powerful and effective for me? Is it because I'm not righteous enough? I think it's interesting that James picked Elijah as the example of a righteous person whose prayers were powerful and effective. Because Elijah was looked at like a rock star among Old Testament prophets. Elijah was the prophet of prophets for the Old Testament believers. It's almost like saying, you know, you know making, making Elijah your example of a righteous person is almost like making Dwayne the Rock Johnson your example of a healthy person. You know, he says, Elijah was a human like us, and he prayed fervently. And it's almost like saying, well, you know, the Rock is a person like us, so if you eat right and exercise, then you'll look like the Rock. Yeah, sure. Like, if I eat right and exercise every day from now until the rest of my life, I'm never going to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And I think that is how maybe some people reading James for the first time may have felt. Like if I start being more righteous now, 
I'll never be as righteous as Elijah. Elijah was the guy who was so righteous that God didn't let him die. He just brought a chariot straight down and took him up to heaven without having to die. He is in the top tier of prophets. He is the top prophet in the top tier of prophets. So if I have to be as righteous as Elijah for my prayers to be powerful and effective, then I'm afraid I don't stand too much of a chance. Look at this guy. In the course of two chapters in 1 Kings, Elijah prays for the following things, and they happen. He prays for a drought to happen, then the drought happens. He prays for food and shelter in the midst of the drought, and God sends him ravens from the sky holding food. And then they, he gives them this widow to stay with, and the widow miraculously gets unlimited free food through the oil in her, in her supply. Then the lady's son died, and Elijah went and prayed, and the kid came back to life. Then he gathered the prophets of Baal for a showdown and prayed for God to send fire from heaven to burn up the sacrifice, and God sent fire from heaven. And then he prayed for the drought to end, and it ended. This is all in the course of two chapters in 1 Kings that Elijah prayed for all of this stuff to happen, and it just happened. It seems like Elijah was so righteous that God just did whatever he asked. Can you imagine being such an upright and righteous person that God would just do whatever you wanted him to do in prayer? Then maybe we could be like James and say, is anybody sick? Let's pray for him. Get him anointed. We'll heal him right up. Maybe then we'd have more confidence in our prayers if we were just that righteous. But most days, I don't know about you, but I don't feel anywhere near that righteous. I'm nowhere near that good. Except, I don't think that is exactly what happened in Elijah's case. In fact, I, I don't think Elijah's righteousness stemmed from his ability to be good. I think there's a really good reason that James lifts Elijah up as a person who is an example of powerful prayer. And I don't think it has anything to do with Elijah's personal morality or his effort to be a good Christian or a good uh, prophet. Because in almost everything Elijah prayed for, he was instructed by God to pray for it. Elijah's prayers weren't answered because God listened to Elijah. Elijah's prayers were answered because Elijah listened to God. There's only one time in all of those prayers we just talked about where Elijah prays for something to happen that he wasn't explicitly instructed to pray by God. And that was to heal the widow's son. It says that time that God listened to Elijah. But every other time, it was God telling Elijah what to pray for. And then God answering the prayer. God told Elijah to pray for the drought. And then God told Elijah to confront the prophets of Baal. God told Elijah to pray for food. 
So many of Elijah's prayers begin with the phrase, this is what the Lord God says, and then goes about praying the thing that God already told him to pray. The source of Elijah's righteousness, the reason his prayers held so much power, came from his willingness to listen to God and then to pray for the things that God was telling him to pray for. Righteousness is not about your ability to be a good moral person. Righteousness is about having the kind of close relationship with God so that we are attuned to the priorities of God. So when we're praying in line with God's priorities, there's power there. Things happen because we know what God already wants and we're praying for those things and God's going to do what God wants to do. Notice what James says about praying for the sick. He says, pray for the sick to receive salvation and forgiveness. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Sometimes a physical healing accompanies that, but sometimes it doesn't. But God's priorities for people are to save them and forgive them. We're praying for healing for the whole person, for mind, body, soul, and spirit, not just for their bodies. And when we do that, when we pray for the whole person, God moves in power because God loves that whole person. It's all a piece of the same thing. And sometimes that movement of power includes physical healing. Sometimes it doesn't, but it always includes God's movement. Sometimes I think our prayers lack power because we are unwilling or unable to listen to God. We're not going to God to find out what he wants. We're approaching God with what we want. There's a big difference there. So what does God want? What does God want us to be praying for? I think we can see his priorities in this passage in James. He wants people to know who he is. And he wants to forgive them. He wants God to, people to come to him and, com, and confess their sins so that they may be restored. God wants to, to be in relationship with people and he wants to restore them. Now, he wants to restore people physically. I believe that there are people that God wants to heal their physical bodies. But he always wants people to be restored spiritually. He desires that all, that none should perish, but all come to everlasting life. And so it's a matter of our discernment when we're listening to God and we're praying, well, God, what do you want to do for this person I'm praying for? Do you want to heal them physically? If so, do it. Do you want to heal them spiritually? Do you want to restore them spiritually? Then do it. Another thing that God wants is God wants to be worshipped. 
He wants everybody to worship him because every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These are God's priorities. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to pour out his love on his people. He wants to be, uh, to, for his loved ones to be restored. Those are the priorities of God. And we need to be praying in line with those priorities. And I believe that when we pray in line with the priorities of God, then God will imbue our prayer with power and will answer those prayers. We, I preach this series because I believe that it's time for our church specifically, Garden City United Methodist Church, to pray. There is stuff going on in the world outside of us, going on in just the life of the church and the lives of each and every person here that are way beyond our control. We cannot control what's going on in the world. We can't control what's going on in the denomination. We can't control what's going on in our own bodies sometimes. But God wants to move in power. God wants to act to restore. And so we need to pray. And we need those prayers to matter. So we need to pray the prayer of the righteous that will be powerful and effective. We need to listen to the priorities of God for our church and our lives here and now and pray in line with those priorities. So what does God want for our church? I believe that God established this church for a reason. The reason was to introduce people to him. God inspired the founders of our church to start a Methodist church in Garden City because we believe that people in Garden City need to hear the gospel. We People in Garden City need to be reconciled to God. People in our community, in our lives, need to be restored. That is the reason that God established this church. That is the reason that God has sustained this church for as long as it had through, through so many hardships and adversity, through good times and bad times, God has sustained our church because he gave us a mission. What if instead of praying for people to come to church and sit in our pews, we aligned ourselves with God's priority and started to pray for people to be touched by Jesus through the ministry of this church? What if instead of praying for the money to come in to meet our bills, we started praying that people might be touched by God to the point that they would be grateful? What if we prayed for more people in our community to come to worship What if we prayed in line with God's priorities? What do you think would happen? What power might we have? Instead of worrying about our institution, we started instead praying that Jesus might touch the lives of the people around us who need it. Because God's priorities are not that we would maintain an, a building or an institution. God's priorities are that the people that he loves would come 
to repentance. That he would be able to restore the children that he created. And there's a lot of those children in the surrounding areas, in Garden City, in Chatham County, in Effingham County, that are lost, that need the Lord, that have heard the gospel all their lives but never have been touched by its power. So let's begin to listen to the priorities of God. Let's grow in our righteousness and let's pray for God to reveal what the next season of our life as a church is going to be. Let's pray in line with God's priorities for our church. Let's pray in line with God's priorities for our families. Let's pray in line with God's priorities for our home. And let's give all of ourselves to God in righteousness so that our prayers might be prayers of power and that God might do a mighty work in our area. I want us to just have an extended time of prayer this morning, not for like hours or anything, but I'm just going to lead us in a time of prayer and I want us to have a few minutes of silence, a time of listening to what God is speaking. Let's go to God in prayer. God, so often our prayer lives have been weak and anemic. So frequently we settle for just telling you what we want. We're not praying in line with your priorities because we're not listening to you. So God, inspire us to listen. Tell us what you want. And give us the courage to pray in line with that. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray today that you will move in power, that you will make our prayer lives powerful and effective because we are listening to you. Grow us in righteousness, grow us in mission. Grow us in effectiveness. Prune what you need to prune. Show us the way. Give us wisdom and courage. And more and more of your Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Amen.